Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show which connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from sunny California, the Golden State, living here in beautiful Beijing, city of museums. Today with me is Alex Schur. Hello, everybody. I am Alex Schur. I am recording also from Beijing, and I'm proudly representing the northeast of China. And we're two very, very hardworking people, and we'd love to bring you more episodes in the future. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. I'm thinking of how to not be so hardworking. Right now, I work like 80 hours a week. I'm, I'm going to be cutting a couple things soon. When I finish my this book that I'm working on, I am so not going to write a book for like at least six months. Like no typing for six months. <laughs> yeah. I will not type anything down which, anymore. Which is actually exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, a nice introduction, Alex. Sure, I didn't even see where you were going with that. Japan's <laughs> Prime Minister Fumio Kishida last week unveiled a raft of policies. I like that raft of policies. I didn't write that raft because it's like a bunch of policies tied together. Yeah. Including boosts to child support and a pledge to lift the number of male workers taking paternity leave from the current 14% to 50% by 2025 and 85% by 2030. Men in China and Japan are both entitled to take paternity leave for a month. Wow. Wow. But few do so. U.S. Americans are entitled to neither maternity nor paternity leave by law. On today's show, we examine the weirdly complicated global cultures of working and sometimes not working. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) I think I think we're very hardworking people. Mm. The two of us, first Mm -hmm. and foremost. And I think Chinese people in general, pretty hardworking Mm. as well. Mm -hmm. And one of my best friends is actually going to explore the idea, well, she already got the contract. So she's going to experience what it is like to work in Germany in a few months. And I can't wait to hear her firsthand report. Oh, so we can compare the like Chinese work ethic to German's worth ethic through her experience. Absolutely. I mean, on the contract, it feels pretty much the same. It says, you know, it's like 40 hours per week. And if it's eight hours over, then it'll already been calculated within the the amount of money you're being paid. And if it's over that, then you get paid OT. It's uh, I think that's pretty standard contract, but I want to see how people treat their contract at yeah. work in Germany. That's actually exactly it. It's not that Japanese men don't aren't contractually, you know, given leave, Entitled, not just yeah. paternity leave, but also just vacation leave. But they just don't take it because they're worried their bosses will look badly upon them. So when they're like in, in Thailand, like, yay, yeah. my ties, they're they're worried their boss is going to be like, he's not even working. He's drinking my ties. <laughs> wow. I, I'm really going to look down on this employee in the future for their I- enjoying themselves. Honestly, that's a lot of people here. <laughs> here as well they, yeah really they wow. want to yes they want to look like they're doing a lot of things at work they want to look busy they want their managers they want their supervisors to see that okay because everybody's having output but you also want to give them the impression that you have a very good working attitude mm. well you in know a professional setting i love working i go to work full hour early in the morning almost all the time i'm the first person there sometimes our uh, oh, producer wow. is the first person there and like i often 
stay late. Not always, and but I often stay late. And I usually work. I go into the office on my day off to work because no one's there and it's easier to work. I <laughs> love working, but I also love vacation. My last job, I had nine weeks off, four weeks for summer vacation, three weeks for Chinese New Year and two discretionary what? weeks. And you know what? I took every day they gave are three weeks for Chinese New Year? Which company oh, yeah. is this? I think it's <laughs> a. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say. Mik Muffy's International Kindergarten. They give their uh, foreign English teachers an enormous amount of time off, and some I of it's all of it's paid. I think the first year you work for them, you get the summer not paid, but then after that, you get it paid. So wow. those the first time you resign your contract, you don't get paid over the summer, but then after that, once you've been a two year employer longer, it's nine weeks. Full paid vacation every year. And you you know what? I took every day of that. I didn't I didn't you, say as you should. Yeah, as I didn't you say, should. oh no, no, I don't want to be seen having fun. I was like, woohoo, Senya. <laughs> you know what? I suddenly I've never looked at teaching jobs and the arrangements this yeah. way, but I just realized as you're saying this, that, that you did <laughs> you describing how happy you are on vacations. This is yeah. a job where you have to deal with little kids every day. And yeah. these kids need the best nurturing and the best support. And the best teaching. So you want the teachers to be able to unwind, to relax and come back with a very good mood and just looking at these kids and thinking, oh, my beautiful kids, you're going to give me another four weeks vacation if I can <laughs> just patiently handle well, your you know, screaming. I was watching uh, an interview with uh, U.S. Congress, I think in the 1990s, where Mr. Rogers, he's a hmm. American icon. Uh, he's like he is Mr. Apple Pie. I think he's passed away. Um, but he was being grilled by Congress for his asking for PBS, a, uh, you know, state affiliated media in the United States, PBS was yeah. asking for $20 million. And Congress, there's one man who was interviewing him who was not going to agree, who was saying this is a waste of money. And Mr. Rogers tar- started talking about how much this money meant to just his program, which was a cost of $6,000 a week or something yeah. at the time, how much he really was helping children. And he was focused on helping children and telling them that they were good enough and that they were had oh. value and that and they were part of the community. And then at yeah. the end of this t- 10 minute interview, the congressman literally said, you just earned PBS $20 million. And oh I was God. like, oh, you my know, God, my goodness. Sorry, so, did yeah. you my, did you just speaking of Mr. Rogers? Sorry, yeah, I have to bring right. this movie up. Sure, did you sure, sure. ever did you ever watch the movie? This movie called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah, I did. Yeah, actually, I had to try to watch it twice. The first time I watched it, the first twenty minutes turned me off, and I turned oh, it no. off and I stopped watching. <laughs> and then I watched it again, like two months later, and I was like, "Oh, okay," because it starts with someone else and his yeah, terrible true. life. <laughs> and I was like, he "What is?" is this? And then yeah, and then you're like, "There's no redeeming quality of this guy. What am I rooting for?" And then you see. Uh, Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers and my thing is because I grew up here I didn't know who Mr. Rogers was I knew the name it's like Mr. Rogers Dr. Seuss all of Mm. these names you know the the Bill Nye the science guy all these names out there they didn't really represent anything in Mm. me and then I was watching and I I learned who he was and what he meant for a lot of kids and the scene when he went on the subway in his older age Mm. and the kids on the subway still recognize him and Mm. they start singing that just warmed my heart and then that reminds me that rem- that reminded me of all of these really amazing tv show hosts that mm. kind of grew up with us when we were kids when we we're all watching tv we're not on douyin we're not on the internet 
we would sit in front of the TV. So this, uh, for example, there's one host, we call him sister. Oh, sister Juping, Juping Jiejie. All kids know her. Mm. And she tells stories and the way she sings in the show. And then there are a couple of other people that have followed her footsteps. Well, and, my, and, I think we're a little I, far yeah. afield. Sorry, but, but I, do, I just I have to bring out, it up. <laughs> yeah, I want to point out why I bring up Mr. Rogers. You know, the school teachers need leave. And in like what you were saying just before I made the comment about Mr. Rogers, yeah. like that leave enables them to do their work better. But we have to think about all kinds of work require leave. You can't just grind out any kind of job and just to be expected to continue to do it at optimum, you know, ability. You need yeah. breaks to realize, you know, your own thoughts, potential, your own time's potential to to re remember what it's like to be alive. People need to take breaks. And yeah. in, or in, in doing that, when they come back to whatever job it is that they're doing, they're they going can hold to hold on for yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah, they can they can <laughs> do their job better. They're more able to do their job more functionally. And so, you know, I feel sorry for these 85 percent of Japanese male workers who don't take their paternity leave because they really should like because they're not just workers they're people they're fathers yeah they're fathers so <laughs> there's you want to be there for every moment you know according to cnn.com uh, the article by chris lau uh march 26th uh written in hong kong apparently there's a term called ikuji i'm sorry if i'm saying that wrong i don't know any japanese referring mm. to fathers who spit dote on their children in public and apparently ikuji means cool looking men and so the japanese cool. authorities this is quote 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 from the article japanese authorities have widely promoted the term in the past decade to combat the country's notoriously long working hours that have not only deprived workaholic fathers from family time and stay home mothers of careers but have helped drive the birth rate to one of the lowest in mm. the world so i think japan's real goal here is more babies but like yeah. the way they want to do that is by promoting the idea of fathers spending time with their children and taking time off from work. I mean, that probably doesn't only just affect children. It also affects how willing their wife is going to be to have another <laughs> child, you know, especially like if you have your first child, that's probably that's the first time. And you're just alone at home. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much you read, how much information you no get family. from the Internet. It's still going to be super hard. And I watch my friends go through this. So if their husband are not around and they're not, you know, providing the support that would make them feel like they're not alone in this. I highly doubt that they're going to be willing to have another kid. So, well, yeah, I, I, I absolutely see that. And I think I like the idea of paternity leave because I think that honestly, mother's relationship with their babies is probably the most important. But father's relationship with their babies is extremely important as well. And I think it's something that all fathers should be actively engaged in their child with all of the power and ability that they have. And also the idea in, that's built into this that stay at home mothers are deprived of their careers is really true. And so yeah. if, if they're expected to just be child rearing machines for the entire mm. society, then that takes away their opportunities to pursue their career. We're talking about half of the population of a country. And so so much backwards. Story, yeah, know? that's that's not modern. That's not yeah. like contemporary. That's not fair to because women and men both have goals that they want to achieve in their life. But if women's abilities to pursue their goals are taken away by the idea of having a child, then obviously they're not going to have, yeah. have a child. So or at least some of them are not. And that's going to definitely impact like, you know, fertility. Well, I mean, I'm actually not one of those people that's obsessed with fertility. I think that <laughs> if, if declining birth rates happens, 
okay, then, you know, that's that's society. But a lot of yeah. people are concerned. They want to make sure that the working, you know, there's enough workers and stuff. I, I think there's a, arguments on both sides. Yeah. I don't want to go into that too much. But I do think that people, human beings, are not meant to go to an office and spend all of their time there. I, I think I feel like a freak that I like being. Yeah. But like, you know, I think that people should be able to go fly kites. You know, one of the things I love about China <laughs> is that people, is that we fly kites. <laughs> is that Yeah, exactly. Is that 60 years old is the male retirement age. And I think it's 50 for women or 55. So yeah, it's 55. It's but 55. I think there's reform coming. Yeah. But still yeah. more time out there fishing on the river, flying kites, spending time with grandkids, going to the park, talking to your friends, playing cards on the street. These part of life. We should all be able to enjoy life beyond our workplace. Our workplace shouldn't define the, our existence on this planet, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, first off, I want to reassure you that, Jason, it's not weird that you like the office. I get hooked sometimes as well. I remember when I did a not an internship, I just did a, a, a one site like a job thing. Mm. at the for one of the startup companies and they worked at the glg building next to grand central station in new york and i remember going in there i was like i love walking through the big office building going to my desk where there are two screens and i can look at everything and even till today i love my i, I love my office i love my office alone because there's a big monitor i could use there's comfortable chairs and you know desk space but I, I really don't like it how uh, some of my peers working in the same industry, they start dealing with work messages, phone calls, emails, Zoom meetings starting from 8 in the morning and then come 9 p.m. at night, they're still in the office. I feel like personally, there's so much more outside of work that you need to live and experience. I don't know why you want to spend all of your time in the office. Is it really that much work? Or if, if it really is that much work, then I hope you're demanding proper compensation for that. Mm. You're listening to The Bridge. I want to go back to one of the other points here. It says in this article, many Japanese men were simply too scared to take paternity leave. So maybe they do want to, but it's due to- But they to don't the, want to lose their job. Yeah, it's due to potential repercussions. Maybe they won't get the bonus. Maybe they won't get the raise. Maybe they, you know, yeah. they're cut out of important projects because they're deemed like slackers or something for taking a week. Or a, well, I guess it's a month of paternity we're talking about. Japanese mm. men are entitled to four weeks of flexible paternity leave on up to 80% of their salary, which means they're almost fully paid under a Japanese bill uh. passed in 2021. But uh, I guess it's people who are on fixed term contracts. It, this is according to someone named Iwashi. Makoto Iwashi, member of POSSEA Labor Union, said that uh -huh. people on fixed term contracts were particularly vulnerable because maybe they don't get the next contract. Maybe they're on a mm. year contract or a three year contract and they're thinking, if I take this leave, I'm not going to get rehired next time. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of, that's corporate. That's just kind of the whole corporate idea. But it should start with someone, you know, it's uh, if you know that it's not against the rules, if the, your company actually gives you this privilege or this uh the sorry not the privilege it gives you the right to enjoy paternity leave or maternity leave in that sense you should take full advantage well, of here, it here's how japan plans on addressing it and i think it's a really interesting idea they're going to create a government metric and disclose 
company's performance. So they basically say, how many of your employees are taking paternity leave? And then mm. give them a low score with like a, a sad face. If they don't. If, if, they, if their employees are not taking their paternity leave. And in companies that uh. do well, they'll be given a national ranking on a website that anyone can go to and find out, oh man, look, if you work here, sad face. If you look at the work of this other company, happy face. That means more people are taking the leave that is guaranteed them. So companies mm. will have to start making sure that their employees are taking paternity leave in order to receive this higher public score. That's a good idea. It's always easier to actually practice what you preach or actually execute the rules that you put in place if there's some sort of metrics. Mm, I have a, a chart here I sent uh, earlier, and it shows the countries where paternity leave is taken. And so mm. I, I think this is interesting. And the United States has zero weeks, whereas China <laughs> has, it says 12 to 24 weeks, because I think 24 weeks is what you get. No, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Four Maybe. to 12. Four right? to 12 weeks. So this is maternity leave. No, it must be 12 to 24 because I think you guys get six months. This is maternity leave. Zero maternity yeah. leave for Americans and six months in China. Most yeah. European countries, it's it's more than 24 weeks. Russia gets more than 24 weeks. Canada gets more than 24 weeks. I think the only countries in the world that get zero weeks are the United States and Papua New Guinea. Oh, and there's a, some small country in South America. I oh, don't. God. So, uh Come on, America. <laughs> You're way behind the curve here on this. You know, let ladies take some time off. They just made a, made a human being. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then the, the funny thing is that there are more people who have multiple kids. But I think that's mm. changing in the States as well, right? Like more people are just there are more and more young people who are just like, we only have we're only have we're only going to have one because we don't have time our money to take care of it. Well, if you look at socioeconomic development around the world, the countries that typically have that choose to have less children are the ones that are most advanced countries, what we call the mm. developed world. So these developed nations, high income nations, they're the ones that choose to have less children. So a lot of people who are worried that 8 billion people on the on the earth is just too much are hoping that we can even out the developed world to include everyone yeah. so that the whole world will choose to have slightly less children, which will mean that we'll have enough resources to supply all of the human beings with reasonably good lives. You're listening to The Bridge. All right. Well, actually, I want to move on. This topic is a really interesting one. Firstly, I completely you know, think everyone should have the ability to take time and that it's important in every career, whatever your career is, to take time off. But there's a new trend that is just coming out called quit talk. And this is uh, mm. young workers are live quitting on TikTok. I oh imagine God. that they're doing it on other platforms, too. I think this is just the one they're high. Uh, Megan Tatum yeah. on March 27th, 2023 is highlighting. But I'm sure that if you're popular on IG or Facebook or whatever, that's where they do this. But quit talking is where people live stream resignations. So they pick up the phone and they say, hey. And they start recording themselves. Yeah, they start <laughs> recording themselves and they call up their boss and they say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to be not coming into work anymore or I'm leaving you two weeks notice. And they're, they're sharing this because it represents part of their life. I find this absolutely fascinating. What do you think, Alex? 
I did. I think maybe maybe we're older. You know, it's a little dramatic <laughs> to to quit on TikTok and post about it. But I mean, if young people are a lot more expressive and they're a lot more mm-hmm. straightforward with their ideas and their feelings about things, and that's 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 how they like to express themselves. That's great. Wow. Um, <laughs> we can't. I mean, I gotta say, I feel so many different ways about this. I feel like, yeah, you get them, but I also feel like if I was a hiring manager and I have been in the past, yeah. and I found out that the person I was hiring live stream their resignation from their last job, it would give me pause and I'd have to reconsider whether I wanted to hire that person. Of course. Because it's bad publicity for the company, maybe. It's bad publicity. And then, you know, it's it's not always that the, the corporate is always a bad guy, especially when it comes to the person that you are putting on video, unless you're only videotaping yourself and not the, the other person's reaction, you mm-hmm. know, for the whether it's your HR or your manager. I, I still believe most people don't have an evil intention when they deal with working relationships and it's just it just always comes to a point where you can't take it anymore whatever the reason it is for you to quit Mm. i don't really know if it's fair also to put everybody on a blast and like you said if in the off chance that it go it went viral and your next employer (laughs) sees that you know it's gonna they're gonna pause for a second and think about I think there are also What's different gonna ways to do it. It could be like, okay, you're reserved and you're you're sitting in front of your computer and you're like, I'm going to submit my resignation now. This is going to represent a change in my life. I'm going to pursue <laughs> my real career, blah, blah, you blah. You have blah, this blah. all planned out. <laughs> and then you send like a one month notice yeah. in a cordial way and don't mention the company. Okay, that's one thing. But oh. it, a quote from the article by Megum Tenem on BBC.com, quote, in July 2021, a clip of a UK McDonald's worker quitting mid-shift went viral. And now TikTok <laughs> is awash with users sharing real-time footage of the moment they told their bosses, I quit. So that's not the same. That's a little different. That's more like the scene from uh, what's that movie where he quits in McDonald's and he's like, uh, he says <laughs> exploitative you, explicit of you, explicit of you, you're cool, explicit of you, I'm out. And he leaves mid-shift. So that's not yeah. the same thing as like cordially explaining why you're taking a turn in your life right now. So yeah, I, I mean, there, there are ways of doing it with decorum, maybe. For sure. There are a lot of videos that I've watched on YouTube, uh, you know, or other longer form video platforms where people are, like you said, explaining the reason why and the good things that they had at the workplace and the bad things that they experienced and what they look forward to um, at their next job. And that I think that's great. That's like sharing experiences for people who are either looking for joining the company that they just quit or, you know, just trying to understand the whole process. But I don't want this to be, I would hate to see this become the next, you know, the, what do you call it? The cinnamon challenge. Like, oh, oh it you know, it, it went I viral. Can't. This one, this one, well, yeah. And then everybody's going to try it, but without considering the, the economy falls apart because you know, exactly <laughs> something trending in media. That's hilarious. yeah. Well, I, you know, I think this is interesting. I want to kind of link these two things. I think it's not necessarily, um, people won't be in a position. Okay. America doesn't have leave. It doesn't have maternity leave. It doesn't have mandatory vacation time. It doesn't have all these things. Mm-hmm. I think it's unhealthy. And the United States, in order to develop a better economy, a better society, the United States needs to federally mandate leave for everyone in every state, in every town, in every kind of job, so that people are able to be a person and then go back to their work. Because, yep. you know, that's what this is essentially about. People wanting to quit in a hostile way or people, you know, getting upset and leaving to go for it to work for another company. Companies need to be mandated to provide people with human work environments. And I'm sorry, but time off is part of the human experience. 
It is. And it's, it's, you can't, I don't think any human could stay in one set of mentality for a very long period without having proper stops. That's mm. probably going to be causing some sort of damage to your brain even. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. W- what is it? It's uh, when they put you in prison and they make you by yourself. I forgot what it's oh, called. Oh, oh, oh. Um, solitary. Uh, solitary, yes. Solitary confinement. People lose their mind in there because, yeah. you know, I think the same thing. If you're in a factory and you're like pulling a lever, putting something in, taking something out, setting something aside, pulling a lever, putting something in, taking something out. (laughs) If you do that, you know, eight, nine hours a day, five days a week for like five years with no vacation time other than like a national holiday for Lincoln's birthday or something, then mm. um, yeah, that's not healthy. <laughs> you should, yeah, cause you need time to go to like on a cruise or something. Especially like when you, if the only holidays you get are national holidays, then everywhere you go is going to be a lot of people and then mm. things are more expensive and you can't really have a relaxed time to actually reset your own brain. Mm. Well, you know, I think this also leads to something that's going on right now. And speaking of the work environment globally and people's reaction to being treated fairly or not. So this is, again, the BBC. This was published days ago. Bordeaux. And I mean, if you could watch right now, but the protests are still ongoing in France. I know. Bordeaux town hall set on fire in France pension protests, according to BBC.com. And more than a million people took to the streets across France with 119,000 in Paris, according to figure. I saw these, these videos of people sitting eating restaurants and la- in rest inside restaurants laughing about whatever it is they're talking about behind them the city I was saw on that. I saw fire. that as well like, oh I saw that as well and people gosh. are like oh look how free-minded French people are wow. <laughs> just want to enjoy their life regardless of what's going on in the background man this tuna tartare is the best and behind them like the building's <laughs> on fire <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. So the Parisians and the French are known for uh, being riotous. That is part of their culture, I think, which is bizarre. And I hope no one's getting hurt over there. But it does look like people are getting hurt based on the footage that I've seen. But again, what people are protesting is they're raising the retirement age by two years to 64 from 62 to ensure that the economic viability of the French economy. So Mm. I understand that China is going to change the retirement age for 55 and 60, maybe. And it's going to be adjusted a couple years too. So this is something that's important pe- to people. These reactions in France, these reactions by the TikTokers in the United States and elsewhere, they're indicative of a reality that human beings, you know, they don't mind work, but they also need time, retirement yeah. time or time off, vacation time, paternity time, maternity time, this time for their family, for themselves to pursue yeah. the other dreams they have. You're listening to The Bridge. Because, you know, I my dream is to go to work. I love this job. I love media. I love doing this show. I, do, I love writing articles. I love all of the stuff that I do. I absolutely love it. But there are other things I want to do, too. Like, I just went to Senya. Learn another instrument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking, actually, I was making a list of my top 20 favorite songs yesterday. And Ooh. Uh, I'm not going to go into that, but it made me realize how much I miss playing guitar. And I actually want to start playing again more. I was inspired by all listening to all of these amazing, way better, more talented musicians than myself thinking, I want to you know, be able to play guitar like that. But yeah, human beings are not just meant to go to the office, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, five, six mm. days a week. We have other 
Well, you know, you, what is it you call it? Slash culture. Could you yes. refresh our listeners' uh, ears to what that idea entails? A slash culture actually is something that's kind of popular right now in modern China, especially in the past maybe five years. Um, it started with people who are not just satisfied with their nine to five mm. job that pays the bills, that is considered to be a safe choice traditionally or by society or by your family. They want to explore other things and they want to take it seriously. For example, if you are into singing, your daytime job could be, for example, a secretary or or some like, you know, government officials, uh, public servants. But then at night, you want to find a little more steady gig to sing either at a pub mm. or sing at a restaurant or or whatever. Or mm. on the weekend, you go sing for kids. Mm -hmm. Something that's more steady, that is your interest, that you want to explore as almost a second job. And mm -hmm. then when you do introduce yourself, then you could say, I work for, for example, I work for ExxonMobil and as, as Slash, I'm a singer. Mm -hmm. So more and more people start to introduce them in the Slash way with multiple occupations they have, with one of them being the main one, the others being the, the, the part-time ones, or all of them are equally part-time for you and um, with more people becoming this type of person we start to call them the slash youth like people who are willing to put more energy into giving themselves multiple titles or multiple occupations mm -hmm. and and jason like to say i'm one of them as well but here's the thing if you're for example if you do you have a full-time job as a tv show host and then you also uh, love singing you have to actually do a job to make it your one of your slash so you have to be uh, compensated to count it or at least it's steady. It doesn't even have to be compensated. It has to be steady. Like singing in your shower doesn't count. As <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. So there are a lot of people. I'm sort of one of them. I have a daytime job. I have a full-time job. And I'm doing a lot of things um, on the side because I those are the other things that I love. I see advertisements, not just on your WeChat, but all on all kinds of media platforms for your comedy shows throughout the week often. So I don't think you cannot count that. You have to count that because it's definitely, you know, maybe it's not regular every Friday, but it's certainly re pretty regular, actually. It's a group. So my name is on the in the group photos and stuff, but mm. I'm not on there every week. It could be the case very soon. But we will see. Right. Well, you know, I, I definitely write on the side. I have my own uh, website where I write and I also uh, write books. So I think I qualify as having a slash. I don't think I can count my playing guitar because it's more like a personal thing that I do at home for myself. But <laughs> I like this idea that people are more complicated than I'm an attorney or you know, mm. I'm a doctor. They also yeah. are really good at fishing on Saturdays. <laughs> like even if that's not money, but, you know, it's part of their life. I enjoy yeah. fishing. I, I think that being a human being, being a person should entail a more complex litany of of engagements with life than just going to the office or just going to the factory or just going to the field to farm. I think people are more complex than that. And almost all people are more complex than that. I'm sure that there yeah. are exceptions we could find where it's like, man, I'm a farmer. That's what I do. And I live through and through to be a farmer and nothing else matters to me. I don't even like movies. I just think about mm. farming all the time. And for that person, great. But I think most people have some other aspects of their life yeah. that define them in some way. 
and taking time off from work matters. And so this whole idea of changing the outlook and making sure, okay, I was talking to, I'm not going to say who, here in China, who works in the office with me. She said her husband Mm. had the opportunity to take some leave. It was like a month leave. I don't remember exactly what it was for, whether it was paternity leave or some other kind of leave. But he he took a few days, she said, like a week, and then went back. So I asked her, (laughs) is this to make money? And she's like, no, the money would almost be exactly the same. It's barely different if you went to work versus stay home. And he chose to go back. And I'm just thinking, you know, this is not an issue just in Japan. This is an issue in China, too. This is an issue in other countries around the world who have leave. Obviously, not the United States because the United States doesn't have leave, but other countries around the world where leave is built into the legal system, Mm. people choose not to take leave for whatever reason it is. Maybe they feel like they're not going to finish their project. They feel like they're going to be looked down on. They feel like they have to be there or if they're not there, the company's going to fall apart. You know, I think people need to take a step back and realize that if they honestly, if you're not, if you had not been born, the world would probably be okay. No, yeah. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, that in a good way that you deserve to do go hiking on the mountain or yeah. you know whatever it is go to the lake because you deserve that your company will survive if you take a exactly. couple weeks off <laughs> i have this very forced theory or argument i mean it's not forced i know it's hard to think that way but it helps if mm. you think that way sometimes when i get messages at 10 11 p.m from work i get very angry because i don't want to respond but i feel like i need to respond um, because if i don't respond they don't have the answers they need and then i think to myself if i don't respond to a message right now mm. the company stops working Hmm. then they're not paying me enough to work for them. Ooh, that's good. If I am that important to the company, you know? Yeah, actually, well, that reminds me of a French law. The French are, you know, in the West, I would say they're pretty ahead of the curve in terms of the way they treat their employees. One of the things that French law requires is that if you are not at work and you are not between your work hours, it is illegal for them to contact you unless there is a specific part of your contract which compensates you for that and you sign it as a separate document. Yeah. If your boss messages you on your day off, they have broken the law and they they mm-hmm. will be dealt with by the law, by French law yeah. and your company and that person will be in trouble legally. Did you ever watch the TV show Emily in Paris? Sorry, I didn't. Tell us all about it. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't watch the whole show because I'm not a huge fan of the, the exaggerated way of life mm-hmm. living in Paris and all of that. Um, but there is a scene in there where the, the main lady who's American went to talk to her French co-workers and the way they responded, you know, was of course very French. One of them walked away because they didn't speak English. And then the other people were like, we don't understand why you're speaking so fast. And then the, the last person was like, because she was the lady was just saying, I would like to introduce myself and da, da, da. you know, just kind of normal conversations we would have at meetings. And then the person said, excuse me, why are you yelling? <laughs> why are you screaming? And then she got really confused. And then she went to have a coffee with this specific coworker who pointed out the fact that she was screaming at them that she couldn't just talk and she was just overly enthusiastic and then she said why is there such a problem with with the way i work and then this french person said because you americans you live to work as french people we work to live Mm. the whole purpose of us going to work is so that we could have a good life we could enjoy life we could have use the money we make from work and the more important goal is to enjoy the beautiful things 
in the city in our life mm. you american people you just all the whole purpose for you to live is to be able to work mm. well you know it seems a little bit like americans are more chinese than europeans because chinese people <laughs> also work extremely hard and work a yeah. lot yeah yeah a lot of people take on the company models the company goals and then they you know they think that's what they're living for in life and i was like no you that's not you that's the company <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Bridge. I don't want to get off point too much here, but this is definitely going to take us off point. You know, we have robots in the work and AI and all of these things. Yeah. Is this going to mean that human labor is less useful? And if so, does that mean we'll have more time to pursue <laughs> things like music and art? Yeah. You know, I saw this. I saw this chart. It's a prediction. Of course, not too serious. We're probably not too scientific, but it's a prediction of jobs that are not likely to be replaced by AI. Hmm. Basically, every other job we could think of that looked half decent was on the side of possibly being replaced by AI. The other jobs that have a better future, it seems like, are like gardeners, nannies who literally need to take care of babies and other people mm, in their family. Touch. And then I saw uh, dancers. I was like, yes. I, am <laughs> I love I robot dancers, sick. Alex. Oh no! I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. Other than like Star Wars movies, I haven't seen a lot yeah. of robots dancing. <laughs> the stormtroopers just come in and start doing popping. Well, moves. if you go to Disneyland, the stormtroopers do dance. So there's that. Oh, I do remember that. I well, stormtroopers are people. So they're human beings in a <laughs> So they're not really robots. Suit. Exactly. They're not robots. So yeah. Exactly. They, I look at the Mona Lisa and I'm like, okay, cool. But I also enjoy <laughs> painting the really ugly paintings that I paint. Yeah. It's not that painting, being pursuing art for yourself is like you're trying to become Van Gogh. The point of yeah. painting for yourself is to enjoy the process of painting and creating something. So yeah. even though computers can produce art that in, in some cases is superior to human art, or at least as good as human art, that's not the point of pursuing a life where you have include art and poetry, where you write art and poetry. It's not so that you can become the great poet. You're not trying to be Walt Whitman. You're trying to write a poem for your own sake. You're trying to make yeah. a painting to mount on your own wall for your own enjoyment. So even though AI can make paintings and write poetry, it doesn't take away that humans still enjoy writing poetry and painting paintings. Yeah, I think that's always going to stay the same. I know a lot of people are saying how disruptive the AI technology is right now, but think about all the other inventions and technologies that have appeared in human history, how disruptive they were when they occurred in ancient Rome, ancient China, and all of that. And people always adapt and the way people work for society as workforce changed, but the desire and the appreciation for art never went away. It has been with human beings mm -hmm. since day one. And I think it's going to always be there. I remember posting this video of me dancing the other day on social media, and I just said, I don't think the joy of dancing will be replaced by AI anytime <laughs> soon. Mm, I'll we, still want to move my body. Mm, I, I think this goes with everything because I saw this poster. I have a friend. Uh, his name is Simon. He is a New Zealand. He's living in the forest currently in New Zealand. Uh, he, oh, nice. He's a very interesting person. He lived in here in China for like, I don't know, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And he once said, don't work so hard that you can build a life for yourself after you're finished working. Choose a life where you work and that work gives you happiness. And then you're Ooh. already on vacation. And I thought about that for a long time. And I also, I, I agree and I disagree. I think people should try to find jobs that they get satisfaction.
satisfaction from, I have a job where I get satisfaction from working. Yeah. I love being at work. I love engaging in my work. But I also noticed that because I'm an influencer and a media personality, I went to Senya and I had a heck of a good time. I'm not complaining. But I was yeah. also constantly thinking, I need to go record some footage today of my vacation to, cook, to prepare content for IG and Twitter and TikTok and all this stuff. And I was constantly running around kind of pseudo working on my vacation. <laughs> I was never fully in the moment. I would wake up in the morning and start thinking, what should my first post be on Twitter be about? Like, mm. should I tackle this topic or this topic? And yeah, that was those are the first thoughts coming out of my head as I woke up. So yeah. while I agree with my friend, I also think that there needs to be time where there's a complete and total break with work. So I, I was thinking, okay, what's an ideal work environment for a lot of people? Influencer. So they want to go on vacations all over the world to the best, most beautiful hotels, the best, most beautiful tropical places and mm. make videos about it. But you know, even then you're never really on vacation. You're constantly trying to make your vacation look better than it really even is. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But also on the flip side, you know, when I first joined the company I'm working for, when I first experienced how I could have a weekend without thinking about work, that was great. Mm. But as you get deeper and deeper into this job, regardless of what the quote unquote work culture is mm. at this company, you're going to start worry, start worrying about what's going on, what you could possibly do next weekend, what's going to happen. Mm. And the more people start to message, start to message you during the weekend when you're off, when they're off. So you kind of fall back into that whole thing when you're working for yourself or freelancing, when you're on vacation, where you're supposed to not worry about anything at work at all. You still find yourself constantly thinking, Ooh, what did they say about this message that was sent earlier? Mm. Oh, oh, wait, my phone is buzzing. And it's always like you become more more scared of turning the notification um, off for your work messaging tool. And then you realize that has become a very inseparable part of your life that really doesn't allow you to enjoy your time off as you have imagined before. Mm. So you're listening to The Bridge. Let's go back to the original topic, taking time off, taking maternity leave. If you are a mother on maternity leave and your boss calls you, mm. is that legal? In okay, let's take China, for example, because we're in yeah. China. Is it legal? I, Which, I, 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 I need your opinion on something, Alex. It's really important. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's illegal like mm. that specifically, but usually I feel like most people have a pretty good time off during their maternity mm. leave. And if, especially nowadays, if you're a boss and I'm on my maternity leave, I just pushed a child out <laughs> of my body and you're like, I want your opinion on something. Then I'll be like, you can get that opinion from somebody else that I already told you to trust and work with before <laughs> I went on maternity leave. Yeah, don't I'll, give me that, you know. I kind of like what you said earlier that if if your opinion is so important on your time then off, you're not paying me nearly enough to work for you for that yeah exactly yeah if yeah i guess that's part of it and what is that compensate see here's the interesting thing philosophically what is that compensation worth it's worth the amount of money that you're going to be able to use to have a better retirement so even then in your time off when you're compensated better to be used during your time off you're going to use that money for your time off it's just postponed time off until you retire so that you can have a better retirement 
lived. Yeah. So people go to work to live, just like your European yeah. TV show told you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like when is when first off, when is enough and when is really the time? You know, well, I know in my work and other workplaces that I worked here in China that people who could have retired earlier don't. And I see it all mm. the time in lots of different businesses, restaurants, grocery stores, my own work, schools, etc. Women and men who have passed their retirement age and can very well just sit at home and enjoy the good life <laughs> choose to stay working. And some of them, they get less money in some cases than they yeah. than their other peers. So they stay at work, not because of the money. They stay at work to have something to do. So is work, here's a new, question B, is work something that we really want to do? Is it really part of our life? It is, is it part of the human experience? We want to work. What do you think, Alex? I think it, we want to do things. <laughs> you know, work. There's a very fine line between work and things we enjoy doing. They're not everybody has the luxury to work in something that they actually love sincerely and are truly passionate yeah, I'm about. Sure, McDonald's is not most people's passion, <laughs> unless you love the chicken nuggets to art. <laughs> you know, then it's a place to be. But um, sorry, most McDonald's. People... It's a wonderful work environment. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> what? Sorry. No. Sorry. I, I don't mean to single them out. Go on, Alex. Yeah, but we don't want to single McDonald's out. I, I love their wings. Just put it. Your breakfast. It yeah, your breakfast chicken sandwiches. Oh, my gosh. So, go <laughs> exactly. on, Alex. So anyways, but a lot of people want to do things with their life. I understand this because my dad has just retired. Uh, I think he retired last year or two years. So I can't even remember. Mm. And the fact that he was a college professor and he had people to talk to every day. He had classes he had to teach. Now that all of a sudden he's at home and he doesn't have a lot of things to do. Mm -hmm. I know that kind of emptiness can only be filled if he could do something mm -hmm. similar or something that makes him feel busy mm -hmm. and he's valuable. It's, I think it's more of people feeling like they're not valuable mm -hmm. that sets them into this panicking mode. It's not probably not necessarily work. You could there are a lot more things you can do once you retire. Like like you said, Jason, you would love to do like learn more instruments or whatever. For me, like I would go on the square and to lead the square dancing mm -hmm. uh, grandma. Well, I be. have plans. I want to, I actually don't want to just learn instruments. My goal for retirement is to work. I just want to work differently. I mm. want to, I got paid a lot of money for many years of teaching wealthy kids. When I retire, my, when I'm 65, I hope uh -huh. to be in the countryside at least three days a week teaching, you know, impoverished children or children who have less people who are on the other end of the spectrum. I want to yeah. teach them for free. Wow. That's a very, very noble cause. I could work less hours. I could work less days, but I could yeah. still use my talents to affect change positively for people who don't have access to an award-winning teacher. Exactly. There are a lot of, for example, there are a lot of uh, artists, you know, they could be world-renowned artists, but after they retire, they choose to go into the community to help other retirees to learn singing, to learn dancing, mm -hmm. to really enrich their retired life and do something uh, with their artistic background and give back to the community. And that's all great use of your time after you retire. They say in America, this is an American idea, and maybe it's global too, but I know it is an American, that retirement is a death sentence. You know, people who 
are like, okay, I'm 68. I'm retiring. This is the best package from the government I'm going to get. I'm going to have the best Mm. possible amount of money for the rest of my life. And now I'm at home living my dream of sitting on the couch watching TV. (laughs) And in two or three years, people are like, they've gained a lot of weight. They're not as active. Their mind is not as active. And they're just like, they've enjoyed every cowboy movie that they dreamed of watching. (laughs) But now... Now, you know, their health is gone and their interests are gone and they've yeah. become a gelatinous version of themselves. And maybe yeah. that leads to a stroke or a heart attack or, Ugh. you know, end of life care. So is being active in some way, like you say, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same kind of work, but being engaged and active with a community, having value, it going and doing something. Is this necessary as a human being? Is this part of our of our being? Is this part of what it means to be a homo sapien? I think so, because <laughs> the, the, you know, the, in the book, in the book, um, uh, Yuval Farari said that the beginning of human community, what make human human was that we get together and we gossip and the gossip <laughs> and the gossip keeps the group together. Mm. If you don't mm. gossip, then, you know, if you think about it, it's, it's true. Like each, for example, as media professionals, we know that the media workers, we know that, you know, different media attracts different group of people. Mm-hmm. And this group mm-hmm. of people basically share the common, if you think about it, news or any media content is kind of the shared gossip among certain community. Mm. And if you don't agree with the, the gossip or you don't know the gossip, then you're kind of an outsider. So mm. I think being part of the community is definitely something that makes you feel more human. And if you could do something to keep the community together or give value to the community, that'll certainly make you feel useful, aka powerful in a way. Well, if you I, I, I want to give a specific American example from my mom's hometown, Oakdale, California. There has been for many, 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 many years. I haven't seen it. I haven't been over there for at least a few years. But mm. in a McDonald's in the center of town, a group of old folks about 10 who get together mm. every morning as soon as the McDonald's open they walk in and each buy a cup of coffee and uh-huh. sit around 2 hours just talking and like that you said about gossip they're just basically gossiping and these these <laughs> people you know are relatively engaged in the community in various ways whether it be through their church or other organization but every morning you know at least 5 or 6 days a week they yeah. get up and they have coffee as McDonald's is opening and sit together and they chat. They gossip with one another and maintain some engagement with the community as the rest of the community is still waking uh-huh. up. Wow. I mean, that's keeping the community stories alive. You don't think so? I think it's I think it's <laughs> it goes back to what you're saying about talking. You know, I, I remember in a previous show we did about a year ago, we were talking about being engaged socially as a marker, as a metric for prolonged life. Uh-huh. So even if you aren't doing charity work or dancing or something like that, which I I fully support all of those kinds of things. And I think people need to maintain their activity. Having a network of friends is critical importance to maintaining mental health as you age. So being engaged with your community. And this is one of the reasons I actually support the American cultural idea of going to a home. I know that a lot of people are against 
living in a home or personally, they never want to be in a home. But I think one of the advantages of being in a home Mm. is being surrounded by other people who are basically your peers and having access to them, whether they're playing shuffleboard or chess or checkers or (laughs) Or watching watching the cowboy movie together. So like you are actually in kind of a community with other people whom you can share your day. Exactly. I mean, of course, it's personal choice, but maybe there has been too many media portraits of what it looks like to be in a home. And honestly, (laughs) I think it's it's pretty I think it's pretty cool. You get all activities designed for you and you don't have to cook and you have your own room and you have whatever. And of course, these usually these places are built at very nice in, in very nice neighborhoods. And there's always like a little lake or something. But of course, the service quality needs to be really, really good. Yeah. It needs to be on par. Yeah. What's really interesting, I don't, some states, they, you need to pay for it. There's no provision for you. But states like California, I can't name the other states because I'm a Californian. They have where if you are a California resident and Mm. you retire and you have nothing to your name, they'll still have some kind of facility for you. My uncle, who I haven't talked to in 10 years, messaged me recently Mm -hmm. and he, he, he frantically started telling me about, do you know what the DHA Chess is and what they're doing. And I was like, you mean the Department of Health and Human Services? Yeah. What are they doing? I thought he was going to be, there was going to be some specificity, but he was just trying to, I guess he's been listening to the show. So hello, Harvey. Oh. <laughs> but he was telling me that I need to note that the Department of Health and Human Services does good things for ha- people with disabilities and people who are retiring. And they do offer programs for retirees and for people with disabilities in the United okay. States to help them enjoy their golden years to help them enjoy uh, a retirement so that, you know, there are, while there are an enormous amount of homeless people in the United States, 580,000 people, there are still services that are available in the United States to try to ameliorate the situation and help some of the population. I think us as humans, we're going to be dealing with this problem for the next 30 years, probably worldwide. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, worldwide. Robots. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, I don't know how de- depend on Hello, you know Alex, how was your day? Here is your ragamian for breakfast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Robot. But judging from how my parents are dealing with technology that are available now, I'm not sure how good a relationship is going to be. Well, you know, my dad said when I was a kid, I don't want to use that computer. When my grandmother gave us a, com- a good computer, he's like, I'm not using it until you can talk to it. Well, I think yeah. we can talk to them now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dad fights with his phone all the time. He's like, why wouldn't it do this for me? I said, dad, it's not a person. I don't know how long I can keep saying Go that the mail. Uh, so, I'm sorry. I'm not able to walk downstairs. <laughs> my dad's like, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Why wouldn't it do this? I said, dad, doesn't matter how many times, how many more times you ask the phone. It's not going to work. Just explore other options. Well, you know, whether it's in China where they do have mandatory six months off for women to take maternity leave and month off or whether it's other countries that still need to develop these uh these rights like in the united states or japan where they have it and no one takes it the idea of how much we should work and how much time we should take off is something that is going to like you said be an ongoing debate hopefully not a parisian levels 
but yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm certain that they're they're part of the global conversation and that they're setting a precedent for how people may react under very dire circumstances. I would not like to see that everywhere, honestly. I like the system here in China. W- what is it called? It's a it's not the word cooperative. It's a they take the ideas. I forget what's the term. I'm not sure what you're referring to. <laughs> well, in, in China, you have consultative bodies where people give their ideas to the government so that the government can include those in law yes. and creation of laws. And I think that that's a really yes. important strategy for moving forward as opposed to, you know, lighting places on fire, like in, in, in France. <laughs> I think that one system maybe have its benefits over the other. But I definitely think that, you know, if you're in China, I encourage you to take your time. And if you're in Japan, I encourage you to Please take your time. Take your time. <laughs> and if you're in the United States, you should be asking for time. <laughs> exactly. That's great. That's I think that's very that's most solid advice you're going to hear uh, on top of everything you're going to hear immediate today. Don't let the corporate culture, don't let anything else really stop you from living the life that you could have. And if you didn't realize that before, please, hopefully we get to help you realize that today that there's so much more outside of your KPIs and your, your <laughs> you know, your bonus bonuses even to live for really well if you would like to add to this conversation or would like your ideas to be read on this show we're happy to do so please email us at we love the bridge at gmail.com thank you for your time today alex always lovely talking to you jason let's go have some break time <laughs>